I was minding my own business this morning when a hacker came along and stole my data from the unsecured public network. Gee, I wish there was some way to prevent that from happening. All you need is ExpressVPN. A VPN, or virtual private network, encrypts your data so the bad guys can't steal it. Wow! Have you ever heard of dynamic pricing? What's that? Online retailers charge you more based on where you live. With ExpressVPN, you can appear anywhere you want and get the best deal. That's my favorite kind of deal. What else can ExpressVPN do for me? You can get access to streaming content that's normally blocked in your region. Could I even use it to get past restrictions on work or school networks? Yes, all you have to do is use the ExpressVPN app on your device. You can even use it on your router. That's right. Just go to expressvpn.com forward slash capital A, capital C, capital P for a special offer and get three months free when you sign up for one year of service. What a deal. Thanks, Thanks ExpressVPN. Express That's expressvpn.com forward slash capital ACP. It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check us out on other social media platforms, such as Reddit and Discord. This week's episode... Numbers stations. Hell yeah. This is such a fun topic. Originally, we were thinking about doing a double header because I was worried that there wouldn't be enough to do for number stations, but boy, was I, boy was I wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, before I started looking into this, I didn't really know. Well, I was aware of them because I had I'd heard them or seen them mentioned like in documentaries and stuff like that. But like I had no idea like how how deep this this uh, topic goes. Yeah, you know, it's it's there's a hell of a lot out there. We could do a whole episode on just the buzz, like just that one number station, and it's not yeah. even really a number station. <laughs> we could do a whole episode just on that one. It's crazy. But all right, hold on. Let me. I got to switch my soundboard over here. Imagine you're just sitting around in your cabin in the woods, minding your own business. It's nighttime. You got a fire roaring in the fireplace. And it's been a, you know, a long day of squatching out there or whatever, whatever you're doing, hunting, you know, whichever. <laughs> and you, you're turning on your ham radio, maybe to chat with some buds or whatever. You're just scanning the dials and uh, you come across this.
Now I want some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> So it's hard to hear, but it's definitely numbers. Yeah, it's German numbers. Oh, it's German numbers. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like a a child. Swedish Swedish Rhapsody? Yep, this is the Swedish Rhapsody station. It sounded like a, a child to me, like a young boy. This episode is number stations. I guess a lot of people have probably heard of these, but some people haven't. Uh, If you're unfamiliar, and just imagine like you heard that, uh, you're listening to some amateur radio type stuff, and you heard that, you're like, what in the hell am I listening to? What is this stuff? You know? And that one, I'll talk a little bit more about that one in a bit. There's like a whole amateur radio spectrum that it's sort of shared with military and other uses. But you can actually go out there with your own equipment and listen to these stations. That that particular one is no longer running, but there are still quite a few of these number stations out there that are still broadcasting on a regular yeah. schedule. So you can hear them for yourselves. In fact, I recorded one earlier today just for S's and G's. I wanted to see if I could go out there and find the recording. And I did. I found that it supposedly it was broadcasting 24-7. I was like, all right, let's see if I can find it. And I found it. So I oh, did that and was it? that was the buzz. So okay. not, not only can you listen to these, but you don't even have to have your own radio equipment anymore because there are, there's I'll put a link in the description maybe, but there's a website you can go to that will allow you to monitor the radio's frequencies from your computer. If you have the internet, it's really cool. It gives you like a waterfall display. So you can see like, all the spectrums at once to see where the activity is. You don't even have to like search with the mm-hmm. dial or a scan function. You it's can pretty just, damn cool. Yeah. You can just see where the action is and you can just go and listen to whichever channel looks like it's active at that time. And you can find all sorts of weird stuff out there on these, yeah. on all these different frequencies. I don't know if you found this. I forgot the, I forgot the website's yeah. name, but I'm definitely going to link it because I guarantee you somebody listening to this right now is going to want to play around with this because it's badass. It is so cool. Yeah, it's, it's something you can't necessarily, I mean, you can't interact with it, but you can go listen to it yourself, you know, in, in real time. Yeah. And like, that's uh, that, the very rarely do you have a, a subject recovering on this uh, this podcast where you can actually do that. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty damn cool. And also like what it's been used for in the past too is I think pretty damn interesting as well, but we'll get into that. Yeah, so I I put um I just went on some of these websites and I just went and scanned some of these radios, uh, radio wave stations or uh, radio frequencies, and I probably did this for about twenty minutes just listening to different signals that I that I could find, and I didn't do this with any particular reference or any goal to look at anything. I was just it was just a completely random look at what I could observe at that time with this website. And I cut down that 20 minutes to about a minute and a half of stuff that I thought kind of sounded weird or interesting or whatever. So I'll play that right now. This is not a number station. This is just stuff that I found out there on the radio waves. Tango, tango, 
As approved earlier by the Center for Economic Studies. Um, I don't know. It's not a number station, but. It could still be some sort of code that you need, like some sort of computer algorithm, in order to translate it and decrypt it. Oh yeah, well, or it could well, be fake. You know, there's a lot of fake ones out there. Well, there's been a lot of uh, really intricate transmissions through this me- these means throughout the years, especially with like you know within intelligence groups and communicating to spies or agents, whatever. Um, there's actually been cases where they've sent um, stuff over over shortwave. That was encrypted, but it was actual like street noise that like they used like the natural noises that they recorded from just a random street to encrypt information, like untraceable, just plain untraceable. You can't you can't uh, crack something like that. Well, it's you know, it's interesting about number stations in general is that you don't know who's receiving them. It could be anyone. There's no way to track it because anybody could be listening. And even as far as who's transmitting if it's halfway across the world and you need to uh, triangulate that, that's going to be difficult. And even if you do, yeah. you're going to see a, a, you know, a transmitter. You're not going to see a person. You're going to find out where it's being yeah. transmitted from, not necessarily who's transmitting it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's it's, it's really cool that like uh, these have been used. These number stations have been used like for quite some time to for governments to communicate with you know their intelligence agents out there in the field and stuff. And it's it's amazing how like like how old this technology is, but also it's still being used to this day for that very purpose, you know, for, as far as I can tell, you know? Well, it, pretty much as soon as radios were invented at the turn of the century, they've been using them to communicate in terms of like, I would say during World War One is the earliest yeah. time. And usually it would be Morse code, like what we just heard, or, you know, simple substitution ciphers like you used to do maybe with your friends when you were in grade school. But anybody mm-hmm. can intercept those, and they're pretty easy to crack. So that's where cryptography comes in. And the easiest, well, what they did was they had these trench codes, and they were simple phrases or words, and you could only use a key code book in order to decrypt them. But of course, the problem is if you get captured and somebody steals your code book, then they're going to be able to listen in on the troop movements. Yep. Yeah, and there's a lot of well-documented history throughout World War One and Two when it comes to this type of thing. But uh, I mean, when it really started to get well, uh, where'd you go there, ETA? I think ETA dipped out there. Well, let's wait a moment. I have to go return this to its proper place anyway. All right, maybe more technical difficulties. But yeah, so uh, as you were as you were saying, uh, as Ether was saying. 
there's various types of cryptography and encryption and stuff. And there are some signals that you can actually intercept that, oh wait, here's, here's from ETA here. He's, uh, uh, his computer just shut off on him. So we'll see. Oh, he's got it. He's got a windows update right in the, <laughs> right, right in the middle of a show. Windows. This is, this is what I'm talking about. This is why my next computer for audio will definitely will not be a windows machine because um, it's just, it's unbelievable that they would update you like that in the middle of you working on something without giving you some sort of warning or option to say, wait, don't do this right now. They just do it. They say, all right, boom, done, sucker. Well, I have a little monologue I could do about um, the Vern- Vernum. Okay, before you one. do that, I wanted to play one more file that I found. So this is actually an encrypted message. And this is what, it's sort of like a digital encrypted message. And this is from the uh, the French Navy. And this is an example of what you would do to encrypt a message. But this requires a lot of equipment to decrypt it at the other side. This is not something you can do by hand. And this is what like a digitally encrypted signal may sound like. Here, here we go. Sounds so sci-fi. It's weird, right? It's, yeah, but it sounds like Star Trek-y or something. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like you're going at like warp 10, you know? Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so weird. But there's a ton of signals like that that you can find that are some sort of encrypted data. Maybe it might just be like an old modem type sound that's, you know, not necessarily encrypted, but it's in a a digital format that you cannot readily decode without the software or whatever. But encrypting it the old school way, all you really need is a cheap radio to receive that because the way radio waves work is that they'll transmit on a certain frequency that can actually propagate around the entire planet under the right conditions, or at least a very, very far, like thousands of miles at the very least. So you could have an agent somewhere. All they need is like a cheap little 10 or $20 radio, and they can receive that message. And there's no way of tracking who is receiving the message. You can track who's sending it, but not who's receiving it. Yeah. And you know, I read online that besides espionage they think that maybe it's the drug cartel yes using it which i thought was really interesting i wouldn't have thought of that or maybe other criminal and nefarious activities and some number stations are actually suspected to be hoaxers or pirate radio or whatever that are just kind of putting it up as a gag (laughs) (laughs) but those are in the minority actually there's only some of those most of them are they they're at least speculated to be from a particular government or other and we're talking about shortwave radio specifically, which is high frequency. And I think that that's what you want to use because it's transmitted further, right? With very low power. Uh, yeah, well, there's... Okay, so actually, um, I, this is kind of cool because I started reading about number stations and Agent Redacted, I was telling him a little bit about it and he got interested in this stuff. And now we are studying for our amateur radio licenses that we're going to go get get that so we can actually you know broadcast on this stuff or uh not technically not broadcast but can we use it to communicate but um yeah there's it depends quite a lot on the atmospheric frequencies like during the day the sun will heat up or charge the ionosphere and then certain wavelengths will travel better than others and then some will get absorbed then at night 
other ones will travel better than they do during the day. So I still am not 100% up to speed on which wavelengths are better than others, but um, you're looking at probably the high frequency bands for what we're talking about generally. So high frequency is going to be um, HF is HF is three to 30 megahertz. So under 30 megahertz um, frequency. And then 30 to 300 is VHF. And then 300 to 3000 is UHF. And then you're, you're ultra high frequency. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting to really short wavelengths at that point. So the ones that propagate the best long distance is probably the HF frequencies that is under 30 megahertz frequency. And you're talking about potentially very, very long wavelengths, like 60 meters or 140 meters or whatever, like really big waves. Because remember, radio waves travel at the speed of light. <laughs> so you can go, um, you don't have to be uh, that high of a frequency to get these waves like very big because it's traveling very fast. Right. All right, Agent Ether. That was my little radio rant. <laughs> what do you got for us there? Well, I wanted to talk about the Vernum cipher specifically. Okay. Because I think when you're talking about the Cold War and espionage, number stations definitely peaked during that time. And when the Berlin Wall fell, when the Soviet Union collapsed, you saw a big decrease in the number of number stations that were transmitting around the world. So it goes back to 1919 when a patent was issued to one Gilbert Vernon for the use of his XOR operation in the encryption of one-time pads. So that's a lot of detail, so let me, let me break it up. Yeah, whoa, slow down there, Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> and these type of ciphers are Vernon ciphers. So specifically, the XOR operation, it's this Boolean function that acts on binary numbers that encrypts a string of numbers. So... If you have two input bits, and if they are the same, the result zero, and if they are different, the result's one. For example, if you have a number and it's zero, and the second number is one, those are different numbers, so the XOR operator will spit out a one. But if both the numbers you're inputting are one, then the XOR operator spits out a zero. The XOR operator is important when you use this one-time pad. So to set up an encrypted message during the war, two people would need a code book. And this code is actually going to be unbreakable under most circumstances. So you'd use this one-time pad, and you would send a Vernum cipher. And you would need a string of letters. Each letter is assigned a numerical value. For example, A could be 14 this value would be converted to its binary form. And then you would use a keyword to combine it with the message you want to send, both of them in binary, and use the XOR operator. And then the person receiving the encryption has to do this in reverse, but they can only do it if they have the keyword. So as a simple example, this is not a Vernum cipher. This is just an, kind of an example of how it would work. If, you know, you have the letter A, that's the first letter of the alphabet, so that's one. And if your keyword is a D, which is the fourth letter of the alphabet, it has a value of four. So if you add them together, you get five, and you would transmit that number, but whoever's receiving that number has no way of knowing which letter of the alphabet it's going to correspond to, unless they know the keyword D is equal to four. So to decrypt the number you would subtract four from five and get one. 
you would look in your code book and see that the number one corresponds to A. And maybe that means all clear. Or maybe that means shoot to kill. You don't know. And you have no way of knowing unless you have the keyword. So there's lots of great examples on YouTube. They're visual, which I think are much easier to understand, at least to me, because when you're when you're hearing it versus when you're seeing it, I mean, when you have your code book, it's something physical that you're looking at. So again, go on YouTube, look at some simple examples. They're really cool. In the real world, true Vernum ciphers, you have to convert all the numbers to binary in order for it to be encrypted. And there's some downsides to the method. You know, like I said before, your code book can be stolen and this keyword has to be as long as the message itself, exactly. And it needs to be completely random. Otherwise, it's like reusing your password online. And somebody might be able to guess guess your keyword. And as far as it being stolen, that's exactly what happened between 1945 and 1956. The CIA and the British Secret Service were sending agents into the Soviet Union they were captured along with their codebooks, and the Russians would then use the codebooks to transmit false messages, and they lured more agents into their country and captured them as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's like something from a, a Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah. You're like, no. But I don't know. I read it, so it must mean it happened. Uh, let's see what I have here, too. I have a 1998 article in the Daily Telegraph, which quoted a spokesperson for the Department of Trade and Industry, the government that uh, regulates radio broadcasting. And they said, these number stations are what you suppose they are. People shouldn't be mystified by them. They are not, shall we say, however, for public consumption. <laughs> and yet people have made a hobby out of listening and trying to understand what these number stations are. Yeah, there's actually, there is some prizing dedication to this. I was reading about one number station earlier, The Buzz, and there was a blog written by this guy, just one guy, and he had notes for each year, like starting in 2012 or 2010 and so, or something, and he would just monitor it all the time and take notes when he noticed something on the station. And um, we'll get to this station later, but it's just, um, it's a buzz. I just thought that was an interesting uh <laughs> Quote, because for the most part, governments will deny that they're using number stations, especially before the collapse of the Soviet Union. They wouldn't even talk about it in terms of espionage. But in 1998, there was the first case in which a government was officially accused of using number stations to transmit to spies. And a huge group was arrested. They were a WASP network from Cuba. And the U.S. prosecutors said the transmissions came from the Atencion station in Cuba, and the FBI got a hold of their computer decryption program they were using to decode a number station and were able to read the messages and prosecute. Hmm. And some of the messages were, let's see, under no circumstances should agents German nor Castor fly with the BTTR or any other organization on days 24, 25, 26, and 27. So what's the BTTR? It's an anti-Castro airborne group, Brothers to the Rescue. Okay. Oh, you know, I think I remember hearing about this. Yeah, yeah. They had their codes. This is the one where their codes mm -hmm. were, were uh, in soap. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something out of a movie. That's crazy. Uh, there's there's probably some kind of joke there about soap and agents and keeping it clean or something. Number I don't know. stations have been in some movies, though. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. They have movies, TV shows, video games. Boards of Canada on their Geo Godai album oh, used number stations. Right. Love yeah. Boards of Canada. Yeah. Shout out to them. You remember that, that counting on there? That's number stations. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So th- that there's a famous video game. Oh, what was it? Uh, Black Ops or something. I haven't played that game, but um, I saw people when I was doing research for this case, I saw people uh, referencing that constantly. Like, what what is the line? I forget what the line is, but people were saying a line from the video game. I'm like, what are these people talking about? You know, and then um, I, I looked it up eventually. I'm like, oh, that's what those people were talking about. It's from the video game. Also from certain TV shows like Lost, for example. I don't know if you remember. Um, it wasn't exactly a number station. It was just repeating the time or whatever. I do remember that vaguely. But it was, I mean, that idea is sort of based on a number station. So it, it actually has permeated popular culture. And it's, it's sort of interesting, like, even though we kind of know what they are, or definitely know what most of them are, um, at least we can make educated guesses if we don't know for sure. They still have, they sort of capture the imagination of a lot of people because they just sound so weird, you know? And I, I think the reason for that is, is a couple of reasons. First of all, you have like these robotic synthesized voices in most cases. Some of them are actually read by people, but most of them are these synthesized voices that sound almost human, but just a little bit off. And sort of like that uncanny valley sort of a thing. Or if it's close enough to human, but you can identify that it's not, then it becomes really creepy. You know, and I'm sure that's the technical definition for uncanny <laughs> uncanny valley, right? It makes sense to do that, though, because you don't want to give any clue as to what country, what purpose, that sort of yeah. thing, if it's for espionage specifically. Well, in fact, some of them have used stuff to intentionally disguise where it was coming from. And I'll talk about a prominent example later. Well, they're still in use all over the world, um, yep. from North Korea to Egypt. Oh yeah, and there like was every country. There was an uptick with the Ukrainian war too. There's really yeah. There's tons of them being used right now, perhaps more than ever before. I doubt that since yeah. the height of the Cold War. Well, yeah, I doubt that too. <laughs> Are you uh you finished over there? Yeah, Asian yeah. Eastern, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get to uh, some specific number stations, and one thing that I wanted to do was that I wanted to talk about, or I wanted to play some more examples, because I've listened to shows about number stations before, and they would play like one or two examples, but they wouldn't really play that many examples, or they wouldn't play longer examples, so it might kind of get a little bogged down at some point, but I'm trying to keep it under two two minutes for each example, but I kind of wanted, I just wanted to hear more of them when I was listening to the shows I was listening to. I was like, well, Play, play a little more of those. I want to hear more. And instead, they would have like two or three examples. So I, I try to do a few more examples than that, and then we can just sort of talk about them. Um, give me just a second. So first, I'll talk a little bit about the one I played at the beginning, which was the Swedish Rhapsody. And that's a station that was operated out of Poland, and it was operated by the Ministry of Public Security. And it was between the 1950s and 2007. So that one was running for a long time. And what sounds like the voice of a child is actually a machine known as the Sprach Morse Generator. And I guess they modified it, like they pitched it up to where it's higher pitched than normal. And it sounds kind of like a child's voice, but not really, which makes it like really creepy. Because 
like so, some people get creeped out by kids like they're in horror movies and stuff like singing you know ring around the rosies <laughs> like i always thought that was silly because kids aren't scary i don't know i find the number station with the kid really creepy yeah but the reason that one i think the reason why that one sounds so creepy is because it almost sounds like a kid but not quite it doesn't really sound like a kid but it kind of does sounds like a little girl Almost, but not quite. Well, and you're picturing some little kid somewhere, like sitting in a chair in like a dark room, just reading off numbers in front of a microphone. Yeah, microphone. Just sitting there, you know, three times a week or whatever it was. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that that one. The reason I started with that one is because that was like the creepiest one to me. Was the Swedish Rhapsody? There's actually two different versions of the Swedish Rhapsody, and the more modern or the more recent version has just like a woman's voice. It just sounds like a semi-robotic woman's voice it's not like the kid's voice anymore but um the the song used on that station is not actually the swedish rhapsody but the luxembourg polka and it's played from a music box (laughs) Uh, the station followed a very rigid schedule with um, very few interruptions or mistakes some of these stations have they'll have interruptions or mistakes or the schedule you know when it'll happen every wednesday at eight o'clock And then it won't happen for some reason, you know, like the operators forgot to press the button or there's some kind of malfunction or something. This one didn't have that many malfunctions, apparently. I don't know. It's not running anymore, so I can't verify that myself, but that's just what I read on the internet and the internet never lies. All right, let's get to probably this example is probably the one you're going to hear the most commonly. Every single show and every single website I looked at references this one and this is the good old lincolnshire poacher and it has the code of the enigma code e03 so there somebody came up with um like a a naming uh, station naming system uh the group the european numbers information gathering and monitors monitoring association or enigma for short came up with a way of categorizing these different Uh, different number stations and they would give like e03 would be a station in english and it was the third one in the catalog in english and you can go to different websites and they all use these codes like e3a that would be a variation on e3 or e7 or whatever so it makes it pretty easy to catalog these and to sort of cross-reference things or whatever so it's a really cool system so the lincolnshire poacher e03 let's give that one a listen This is the one that always broadcasts, right? Like seven days a week, like multiple times a day. Uh, I don't think this one's going anymore. No, no. But when it was. ETA's back. So that's uh, that's just a shorter clip of a much longer portion. Um, let me let me finish up the Lincolnshire poacher there. 
ETA and then you can go on your rant, I guess. <laughs> but I'm so fucking pissed right now, dude. This is um so this was broadcast beginning sometime in the 70s, possibly earlier, and it was transmitted from England and then at some point they started transmitting it from Cyprus, the island Cyprus instead, not Cyprus Hill, but the island of Cyprus. And uh, it begins with the tune from the folk song The Lincolnshire Poacher, played on what sounds sort of like a calliope machine or something. And the message repeated for 45 minutes on three simultaneous frequencies, and it broadcast 10 times a day, and it broadcast 18 different messages each month, you know, nine the first 14 days and nine the second 14 days, roughly speaking. And it stopped broadcasting in 2008. So just to give you an idea of just how effective, easy to use, and useful these things are, they use this from the 70s all the way until, you know, so I don't know, 40 years, give or take, like a really long time they use this station. And that is probably the, the most, most commonly cited one is the Lincolnshire Poacher. The only reason we know about <laughs> the Swedish Rhapsody, we know the details, is because uh, declassified documents in 2014 revealed who, who was operating it um, and that it used a one-time pad. Oh, yeah, here we go. So it stopped operating in 1991 with the fall of the Soviet Union, but began again from 1998 to 2007. And it was probably was used for NATO agents in Eastern Europe. And like I said, the newer version uses a, a voice, uh, a different type of voice that's closer to the one used at, by the CIA and their number stations, or maybe the exact same voice, as some people say. All right, so let's get to the next number station I have prepared. Um, in my notes, I called it the bus because my Z key is broken, as I said earlier. Instead of the <laughs> buzz? Instead of the buzz, yeah. Wait, my Z. what's a Z key? It's the thing on the keyboard that you press to make the letter Z show up on your screen. So anyways. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> like, when, I, when I heard you say that, like I, I, I registered it as something like a Kazuki. You ever had a oh, Kazuki? Yeah. Like one of those... <laughs> Yeah, a Pazuki, whatever the hell it was. Like I used to work I, I at put BJ's. Z and key like as one word together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Those things are delicious. Oh but yeah. Like, yeah, I heard yeah, I heard Z key. I was like, I was, what the fuck is a Z key? I was like, I don't <laughs> I don't understand I don't understand what the confusion is. It's the thing on the keyboard. <laughs> I do not understand oh, the question. That's a momentary lapse in judgment, <laughs> but enjoyable all the same. That's yeah, hilarious. <laughs> all right. So anyways, <laughs> the buzz. I actually, like I said, I actually recorded this one this morning. You can find recordings online, but I thought it'd be fun to fire up that radio website and record it myself. Cause why not? Oh yeah. By the way, the cool thing about these websites is most of them have built in, have a button you can press to record whatever it is you're monitoring. So cool. And easy. And easy. That's where I got those all those excerpts and whatnots. So, all right, here we go. Here's here's uh, the buzz. Let's see what button I put this on. Oh, button four. Sounds like a ship, almost like a like. All right, and that's like one of those ink blot tests, you know. Like, <laughs> what kind of personality you have? Are you a sociopath? What does this number station mean to you? So, uh, it's technically not really a number. Kind of, it is sort of. It's debatable as whether or not it's like a traditional number station, but it'll buzz like that. And I found a a blog from like 2010 that said like since like 
decades, it's only had a message come up like once or twice, like since the origination of it. But that might just be that that's what people noticed. But anyways, it'll buzz like that for like a really long time by some reports, even like a year. And then there'll be a ton of activity sometimes. But the messages on this station are pretty few and far between. Apparently it just buzzes most of the time. The station is located in Russia and it's um, thought some people think that it's used to reserve a frequency so that when they need to transmit on that frequency, nobody else is on there because they're basically jamming that frequency all the time. So essentially you can't transmit on that frequency because there's a buzzing noise on there. <laughs> so whatever yeah, you say keeps, is going to keep people away from it. Yeah, exactly. So once in a great while, it's interrupted by a Russian voice transmission and it began broadcasting in the 70s, and it's still going today. So this one is going for a long time. The call station that the sign uses has changed throughout the years, but it began as UZB76, but it's often referred to, I think because of like a mistranslation from the Russian alphabet or whatever, as UVB. So if you're Googling this one, you want to Google UVB76, the buzzer station. Um... There are sometimes variation in the timing of the buzzes. Like they'll, they'll change the, the timing will vary a little bit. And um, some people think this might be a way of sending a coded message. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, there are any number of ways to encode data. You're really, your creativity is the only limit on how you can encode data that somebody else can pick up on. The, uh, the pitch will also change on occasion as well, but People think that has more to do with the buzz being generated by a mechanical device rather than some sort of internally or digitally generated signal. The voice interruptions follow a fixed format. For example, one format is known as monolith and consists of call signs of four digits read twice, five-digit ID groups, message blocks each consisting of one code word and eight digits. Now, one of the weird things about this station is that it appears to be um, like most of these number stations seem like they're just like a tape loop somewhere, just kind of, you know, attached to a, a transmitter, just kind of transmitting. And it doesn't seem that there really needs to be anybody monitoring it or whatever. But the buzz station uh, appears to be basically like some sort of noise generating device, like a tone wheel or something. That's just sort of placed in front with a, of a, a microphone. Yeah, with a with a open microphone. Yeah, the microphone is open all the time, and the reason they think this is because um, from time to time you'll hear distant conversations and background noise, and you can Google some of these. Like for example, there there are some screams heard on occasion, <laughs> and uh, some people think that these screams are probably just like a different station broadcasting screams on the same frequency to sort of mess with people. But I tell you what, I dare you guys to go Google, go Google UV 70, UVB 76, the buzz screams. And I dare you, I dare you to go listen to that. I'll just, I'll just say that much. <laughs> They're pretty damn. I would, but I'm afraid my windows would crash. Yeah. yeah, I know. Right. It's, it's pretty damn creepy. Um, other people speculate that the background noise could be that like a microphone gets turned on by accident on some occasions. Some examples of uh, conversations that have been heard. For example, on November 3rd, 2001, part of a conversation was heard and it said, uh, translated from Russian, it said, I am not receiving the generator and that stuff comes from the hardware room. It was just a little fragment of the conversation that they heard because 
you know, it was in the distance, I guess. You couldn't really pick up everything. Um, in 2010, the signal was replaced sometimes by excerpts from T- Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. And in 2014, the following conversation was heard. Hello, hello, Vulcan. Hello, 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 Vulcan. Uh, do not hear the, who is there today? But we can hear it here. I don't know. Got it. Hello. And what are we going to do? Call them again? Okay, Masha, I'm standing by here for a while. And what was that channel number in Vulcan? Classification. 312410. Once again, what was the number? 312410. Okay, I will write it down. Hello, hello, hello. Um, listen, can you check please about, and can you also check channel? So this conversation, people interpret this is somebody was checking for the station, but they made a mistake and they were unable to monitor it. So they, they, um, called the, uh, Vulcan is like some sort of uh, military headquarters in Russia. So they called them to ask for it, but somehow the signals got crossed and got broadcasted instead. Yeah, that definitely sounds legit right there as far as the conversation goes. Yeah, so that's sort of how... But I mean, that's just one example of uh, many conversations that have been captured throughout the years. Um, the recordings of these conversations are hard to find. I was not able to really well, find them. Well, even if you did, it would be in Russian, so... Yeah, that's true. But you can actually find the excerpts of many, many of these. Like I said, there's a whole blog that just goes over just countless, countless examples. I, I didn't even have time to read them all. There's so many of them. And like I said, we could do an episode on just the buzz station if we wanted to go over all of these things. And also because we're not even sure what they use this station for, although we are sure that they use it for some sort of Russian military stuff. What that is, we don't know. You know, we can only speculate. But there have been a couple of other unusual events on this particular station. Like in 2015, the station broadcast an RTTY signal, which is a radio teletype signal. It's kind of like an old school digital communication. And it kind of sounds like a, like a fax machine or something. If, if you guys remember what fax machines sound like, or um, maybe like what the internet used to sound like when we had like our old 14 K modems and stuff in 2022, there have been some broadcasts of meme type songs like Gangnam style and they think that these are probably done by other stations, not by the Russian military. But who knows? I mean, they could be using Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style? I forget. Gangnam uh, Style. Yeah. I mean, they could be using Gangnam that to style. transmit a message. You never know. There's all sorts of stuff that happens on this station. It'll be a monotonous buzzing for hours, days, possibly even years on end. And then all of a sudden, you'll hear something weird on there. And it's just it's just a really, really strange station that they they do use it for military stuff and it does seem to be encoded messages but it's not exactly like other number stations and that's why some people don't really consider it to be a number station the location of the transmitter has changed several times throughout the years on one occasion it was supposedly found at an abandoned military base in uh Provaro by some urban explorers and i don't know if they if it was still running or not that was that was not explicit in the description, but I was thinking like how creepy would that be if they found the station and it was still there all by itself, just sort of running. And then once in a while you might have somebody walk by and that's why you might hear some people, but it was in a remote area. So maybe that's why you don't hear people that often. I don't know. The whole thing is just pretty, pretty damn creepy to me. Anyways, there's a couple other stations that are somewhat similar to this called the pip and the squeaky wheel. I didn't really prepare uh, audio samples for those because 
they're somewhat similar and there's other stuff that I wanted to get to. And I didn't, you know, I was worried I'd run out of time with that, but, um, they, those urban explorers, I'm pretty sure it's the urban explorers, but again, the, the stuff I found online was not explicit about this, but somebody actually found a logbook from the abandoned base from the station, the buzz and it's online. I've actually found uh, um, like a, a PDF or a scan of the logbook, but it's in Russian, so <laughs> I can't read it. And um, it's it's handwritten and in Russian, and um, I, I couldn't find any translation of it. And I just found it like an hour ago when I was just sort of tidying up my notes and finalizing stuff. So I didn't really have much time to search for more information on it, but um, if anybody's out there wants to look into it, it, there's, uh, you can find this out there. You can actually find the logbook, which is pretty insane. Any Russian listeners. Yeah. Or somebody who speaks Russian at the very least and can write, uh, can read messy handwriting because <laughs> <laughs> it had, it had a bunch of numbers and some stuff written in messy handwriting and stuff. Pretty damn cool. And I wish I had more time to peruse it. Maybe toss it through a uh, Google translate. Oh, right. <laughs> see, see what it spits out. <laughs> <laughs> that should be super accurate. Just yeah. as classified. It's in Russian. Sometimes they'll put stuff through Google Translate, and it, it is just absolutely hilarious the results you get. <laughs> and if you really want to try a fun exercise, put something from English, translate it like a paragraph from English, translate it to a different language, and then translate it back, <laughs> back to English. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> All right. So that's all I had for the buzz. All right, the next one I have prepared here is, so I tried to get ones, there's a lot of them that sound quite a lot like the the Lincolnshire uh, thingamajig, but you know, they'll, they'll have like, they'll play a song or have like a little attention getting thing and then they'll read numbers, usually numbers in sets of five and then maybe some code words or whatever. But I tried to find some that are maybe a little bit different. And this next one is very very different. This is the Yosemite Sam station. Did you guys? Oh, I love, I love the Yosemite. That's my favorite one, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh yeah, dude. The phrase that you're going to hear is varmint. I'm going to blow you to smithereens. And it's from a 1949 cartoon <laughs> called Bunker Hill Bunny. So here we go. It's, this one's actually really, really short, but here it is. That doesn't sound secretive at all. That just sounds silly, like pirate radio or something. So do you hear that sort of staticky sound before he starts talking? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. a data burst. They think that that's sort of like a digital encoded yeah. data burst oh. before you hear the, the varmint, I'm going to blow you to smithereens. So this one appeared on December 19th, 2004, and it would broadcast on four frequencies spaced apart by 10 seconds. So it would broadcast on one, then another, and so on. And each transmission starts with that that sort of data burst, that like staticky kind of a sound. And then you hear the Yosemite Sam. The signal stopped in like 2005, and they think it's because two amateur radio hams, the people who are into ham radio or amateur radio, they call them hams. So two hams tracked down the signal to a military base in New Mexico. And then apparently when they did that and put it online and identified it, they stopped broadcasting it. Well, they so, didn't. They didn't only just do that. They actually went to the site and took pictures too. Yeah, and then, uh, they claim they claimed that three hours after that, or four, three or four hours after that, uh, that's when the the signal stopped. Yeah. Oh, because oh, they really? actually got confronted by like a security guard. Okay, so they didn't actually. Yeah. It stopped <laughs> right away. It didn't stop after they published it on Reddit or something. 
that's all there is to that one. There's not really a whole lot known about it. Most of these number stations, we don't know a whole lot about them. And some of them, we don't even know where they're broadcasting from. Although it is possible to triangulate the broadcasting location. But um, if they do stuff to hide where it's being broadcast from, it's not always easy to find them. All right. So the next one I have is called Ready Ready. And this is more of a basic one, but I still, it just kind of sounded creepy to me. So I just wanted to include this one, but here it is. One, five, seven, Now, there's a couple of things about this particular one. So first of all, I think the reason why it seems so creepy to me is because the woman sounds like she's in some kind of distress, although I'm pretty sure it's like a, a synthesized voice. It's not a real woman reading it, but the voice sounds like it's in sort of like in a state of distress or panic or something, right? Like it's not a calm reading tone. She's reading it like, I don't know. That's just how it sounds to me. Also, I don't know if you were able to hear, but there's sort of like these digital signals in the background. It's it could be static or interference, but it, there's also like these oh, I doubt it. These beeps that sound like it could be like a digital signal that's um that's being sent along with the message, which is like I don't know, just that one's just sort of like kind of weird, you know. I just uh, it's just very strange sounding to me. They're not sure where this one is broadcast from. Maybe Bulgaria, Italy, or United States are some of the ideas. And it uses some the same frequencies as a different Bulgarian uh, number station, which is why they think it might be from a Bulgarian station. Um, other than that, they don't really know a whole lot about it. It stopped broadcasting in 1999, and I couldn't find when it started, but a lot of these started in the 70s, so I'm going to guess 70s. Out of, out of like all the different number stations that I've listened to and stuff, and also understanding the history of it as well, I, I I have a hard time believing that most things on these stations are by chance or, you know what I mean? I think because they, they seem to be very specific. A, a, a lot of these transmissions are, are at specific times as well of the day. Um, and also like, you know, they change, you know, throughout the day, according to where the ionosphere is as well, because, you know, it's, you know, the, the ionosphere is higher from what I understand in the, during the daytime as it is you know, than it is during the nighttime. Is that correct? Or is it opposite? Um, yeah, the, but I know that they changed the, the ionosphere yeah, is the ionosphere is the highest when the sun is overhead. Okay. Yeah. So it expands when, yeah, with heat, right. Yeah. Basically well, with the sunlight. Yeah. I and, think, and so yeah. it has to do with like being, it has to do with like electrical to put it in charging layman's terms, right? Yeah, I think it has to do with like the okay. um, like the charging of it, not necessarily the heat. I think. Oh, 
Okay, I think I kind of just assumed that then. You yeah. Know? But anyways, so so but but I was still kind of you know I'm, I'm on the right track here, right? So they have to change the kilohertz um, in which they're transmitting some of these messages according to what time of the day it is, and that's why some of these these uh, channels that you hear about like will will change kilohertz throughout the day because they're they're changing with the ionosphere, right? Yeah, and even like sunspot activity and. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can affect radio propagation. Just It's just tons and tons of stuff. And you could have one minute, you could hear somebody from the other side of the planet. And then the next minute, you can't hear anybody at all. Like, it's just, it's pretty crazy how, just how complicated it can get. Let's get to the next number station here. I think I only have two more number stations that I got queued up here. This one is called the Ty, uh, Tyrolean, T-Y-R-O-L-E-A-N. How would Targaryen? you pronounce that? Targaryen? Tyrolean. I think so. The Tyrolean music station. So I'll play it first and then we then I'll talk about it. So this one is number eight. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. That's not how they say Lots it. Lots of rolling. Yeah. I heard Achtung. That's attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's actually that's just excerpts from like a much much longer recording. Because this one, um, so this one actually, where would you guess this station was from? Germany. That's that's what that's what they're trying to get you to think. But this was apparently a French station, really operated by the uh, the service day, uh, whatever I can't pronounce French. Whatever they're, in French, they're uh, espionage people or whatever, right? And it was uh, started on the night in the nineteen seventies, and they broadcast on Saturday and Sunday. And the message addressed. I don't know if you could hear in that um, in that. It's kind of hard to understand. But they would address agents with German names, <laughs> and um, that's th- kind of like to to fool them to to think that it's not from France, and to kind of think that okay, they're talking to somebody from Germany, so it must be like a German thing. But it's not; it was like a French thing. Um, in 1975, an article was published about the station in a French magazine called uh, Interferences. And at that, when they published that, uh, I guess somehow they figured out that the station was in France and then they, you know, they, um, they ratted on them, I guess, <laughs> the, the magazine. So uh, I guess these journalists, you know, they'll do anything for a buck or for a click or whatever, even back then. So in, the ni- in 1975, the station stopped broadcasting because, you know, the cat was out of the bag, basically. But uh, he used a communist anthem 
and uh, Tylorian and German folk music. And that's why it's called the Tyrolean station because that's the style of music it used or whatever. And uh, it used, um, so what it, what it would do is it would play that folk music for like 10 minutes and then they would have a carrier that would stay up but was unmodulated for about 15 minutes. So it would just be like, you know, basically a blank signal. And then the first few notes of the communist anthem the, uh, the international or whatever was played on a music box. And I played a little excerpt of that and that would loop for four minutes and then a sped up version for one minute. And then several German names were announced and then five number codes were read um, starting with Achtung. So, you know, those very similar, a lot of these use a sequence of five number codes, you know, one, two, three, four, five, three, eight, one, two, five, or whatever, you know, five group numbers, groups of five. And then um, it would end with Enda. And uh, this was a really clever way of hiding the station's origins to do it in German instead of like French or something. But um, this station was sort of like uh, less sophisticated, I guess. They had a lot of frequent mistakes, such as like tapes being accidentally rewound and technical glitches, clicks, coughing, and other things that went on that were sort of not good. And I guess the way that they were able to determine it was from France is because even though it was read in German, they could tell that it was like somebody with a French accent was doing the reading. So it was pretty obvious, you know, so a clever attempt, but maybe not all that well executed, but they would use in addition to numbers, they would sometimes use coded messages. So for example, here's a translated coded message that they used on one occasion. Helmet greets Franz. Good day. The size 26 to 32 fits me well. The sun is shining marvelously. Our hen is about to lay an egg. All is good. Until I hear from you again, goodbye. So it's like this strange coded message that it's just like random stuff that if you heard that on out on the frequencies, it would be very clear that that's not a normal communication. You wouldn't know what it was. You would just know that, okay, well, that's not normal, you know? But that, I don't know if you guys heard of that particular number station, but there, dude, there's just, there are so many of these. I sort of got lost looking at them. I didn't even know which ones to choose for this show. I just kind of picked some at some point. You just have to do that. But I mean, there, there's so many really, really interesting ones. I have one more to, uh, to share with everybody. And that would be the NNN station. And this one is part of a family of stations, probably run by the Austra- Austrian HNA. And we're not 100% sure about that, but that's what the, uh, the you know, sleuths who look into this thing, that's what they believe. And it was transmitted on weekly schedules, but only one message per month. It became inactive in 1997, and I couldn't find when it started. So some of these, um, they're not really sure when they started. You know, it's not, the documentation for that is not really available, at least that I could find. Others, it is. But anyways, here we go. That's what, uh, that's what this one sounds like, is this. Seven zero group seven zero six two eight eight six six two eight eight six one three two nine seven one three two nine seven six zero 
That one keeps that one goes on and on, but yeah, probably um, the the Lincolnshire poacher is is maybe the creepiest one. Just the way she says the numbers, like five, eight, three, nine, seven. You know, like they, <laughs> it's like it's, it's, it's just, very robotic. It's weird. It's just weird. And then some some parts of it, she'll raise her voice for the last two digits, like one eight five or yeah one eight five six nine. You know, like instead of this, this is one of those topics where. It's not really controversial in any way. Like we kind of know what these are for. They're for spies to send encoded messages. But this, I mean, it was just a really fun topic to look into. I just really enjoyed this one. And I'll put some links in the description, but there are lots and lots and lots of these things. There are tons of resources. There's, you can find articles and blogs and papers written about it. You can find audio excerpts. There's a four CD set that, uh, that's free to download and listen to if you want. Um, what was that? What was the place for that, study music to help you sleep at night? What was that called again? For meditation. Oh, it's it's the Conet. It's the the Conet project. The Conet project. That's it. Yeah. So I'll put some links to that That's stuff. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's just so much cool stuff. It just this is one of those topics that it just never ends. Like I kind of wish I'm like ah oh, maybe I postpone this one a week because I felt like I wanted to do another week of like reading into this stuff. Cause there's just so much to it. But I think at the end of, at the end of the day, I think what we have is gives you a really good idea what of, of what it, what it is. And if, you know, if anybody wants to know more, it's just so easy to go find more and even to go listen to them yourselves, you can find the schedules for the number stations online and you can go onto one of these online receivers and you can go listen to them yourselves in real time. It's pretty awesome. So I guess that's uh that's pretty much all I had for number stations. Uh, what about you guys? Such an interesting topic. You know, I hadn't even heard of number stations before you told me about them. They're fun. Yeah. Um, let's give a shout out to our live audience here. We got Murphy Donut Slayer, Unforgiven, I think it's Unforgiven Agent. It's Unforgiven AG dot dot. Pimp Simpkins, or no, Simpins, Pimp Simpins. Don't forget Yak. Yep. What's up, Yak? Mr. Punk and Yak. And I saw Agent Redacted earlier. Oh, was he? Okay, Agent Redacted was here. And then... um. Grace Gilling was on here for a moment earlier. I, I saw him earlier and um, uh, there's a couple other people that came and went cause you know, they pop in. I, they probably can't listen to the whole thing. So they pop out. Um, I don't know, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening guys. We appreciate you showing up for the live show and um, uh, yeah. So I guess that's about all we have for you this week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you could really help us out by checking out the affiliate link in the description this week. We're taking a look at, conspiracy mugs my favorite mug is it says uh, everything is fine trust your government but there's lots that's redacted there it's like a redacted mug that one's really fun that's my favorite one too. that's your favorite one as well yeah there's a ton of cool ones here like i don't always wear my tinfoil hat oh wait yes i do <laughs> <laughs> that one's fun too definitely a mug to have around the office oh yeah yeah it's that'll earn you some friends i tell you what 
Well, check it out. Your purchase does help us out because we get a little bit. It is an affiliate link, but it doesn't cost you anything extra. Keep it strange.